All right. Once again, I just want to thank you guys for having me here, having me out, being gracious and kind and uh, your pastors being long suffering, talking about we have a good fellowship. You probably like, this black guy is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all right. It won't be the first time. All right. Take your Bibles and turn to John chapter four. John chapter four. Uh, I told you earlier a little bit about my situation. Uh, when I got married, I have three kids on there. One is 17. I have, there's three kids on my, on my prayer card. Now, I have five, but three of these kids on, on my prayer card is my nieces and nephews. They're the oldest ones. And I was telling you about how the depravity of my family and the dysfunction of my family. I have two sisters. One sister has four kids, and one sister, my younger sister, has seven kids. Neither one of my sisters has raised any of their kids. So these three kids that I have, uh, China, Trevon, and Dion, I got them when they were one, two, and three, and when my sister had lost. So I was, me and my wife wasn't even married a whole year. We took them, so we had an instant family, and it's been work. It's been work. So uh, what I wanted to say is, uh, the, I, I forgot the girl's name that you said that came off the bus and they're taking her to, to school. Uh, Diane. Diane, please invest in her. Keep investing in her. You, you have no clue how much it was, what's going to be the return on that. You can't look at, well, I just don't look at right now. You got to look five, ten years down the line. When she has a family, when she's getting married clean, when she has a husband that's pure and all of those things and she don't have to worry about her family support. Because my family think I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah. They say, you pay for those kids to go to Christian school? That's stupid. I says, uh, we all went to public school and what happened to us? <laughs> now, all of their kids is messed up. Now, I got this rule. If your kids are hellions and they're rebels, don't tell me about how to raise my kids. I'm not interested in your advice on how to raise kids. <laughs> you, you understand? If you broke... I ain't interested in your advice on how to save money or how to make money. I'm not interested in it. It don't work. It, it just don't work. I'm just sorry. It, it sounds bad. It sounds cruel, but it's just the truth. You, you can love people and tell people no. You can do that. Now, the Bible in John chapter 4, <laughs> it's, it's all right. <laughs> the Bible in John chapter 4 says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than them, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. I call this a needs go. There's a needs be, there's a needs go, and there is a, a need is needed of the ministries. There's a needs go ministry. That's, hey, God sends you somewhere it's because it's needed for you to go. Now, a lot of times we don't understand all of that because, you know, our problem is we need God. Won't you tell me the beginning, the end, the middle, the highs and the lows, and then I'll tell you if I'm going to go. You know, we talk to God like we're about to barter with him or something, like we got some, we, we, got, we got something on God or something. You don't. You don't. He got everything on you. But the Bible says he must needs go through Samaria. We've heard, we heard it said in the Bible says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the, of the earth. Now I've heard this explained that 
uh, Jerusalem is the, your city, Judea is your state, Samaria is a neighboring state or the neighbor county, or uh, uh, Judah, Judea is a county and uh, Samaria is a state, and all of this, however you explain it in the uttermost, everybody know what the uttermost parts of the world is. Four missions. Four missions. But the Bible says, he says, I must needs go through Samaria. I submit to you, Samarians are a marginalized people. This is black America. Marginalized. We, 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 we ain't trying to deal with you. Stay away from here. I said it to a brother. He told me what I should be doing and how it should be going. I says, hey, I'm going to witness to some people that in the area and live in a home in a neighborhood that you won't even drive through. But you want to tell me how to minister to them. You'll go 30 miles out the way to go around. Marginalized people, people that you don't want to deal with, people that you don't want no dealings with. And you will see it here. Notice that before Jesus says he must needs go to Samaria, his disciples are no longer with him. For him to go to deal with the Samarian, Samarian la Samaritan lady, Samaritan woman, he runs his disciples off. Before he goes to leave to go through Samaria, before he leaves where he's at, there's a competition. This is what's wrong with the ministry. You have so many people in a competition, but not in a cooperation, not working together. If we're going to get anything done, we got to work together. A lot of times we got to come together, see if we can work together, see if we can get along. Sometimes it's just people you just can't get along. And the Bible says live peaceably as much as possible. With, live, with, live peaceably with them as much as possible life within you. Some people you just ain't going to get along with. You know it, and some people ain't going to get along with you. That's okay. I love you from afar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, I don't play that, you know, well. See, some people like to say this. Well, I don't hate you, but I don't like you. No, uh, it's anonyms and synonyms. It's simple English. If you don't like them, you hate them. <laughs> you know, it's just simple English. You know, we, 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 over, we, we make this thing too difficult. If you don't like somebody, that means you hate them. Because if you don't like them, you're not going to be able to speak peaceably to them. You know how the, uh, the, tw the 12 children of Israel, the children of Israel, they could, you know why they didn't like Joseph? You know how you know they didn't like Joseph? Because the Bible said they couldn't speak a kind word to him. They couldn't speak peaceably to him. They couldn't be nice to him. When you can't be nice to somebody, that just, that's just God showing you that you don't like him or you hate him. But the Bible says, he says, I must needs go through Samaria. Samar Samaritan people are half-breed Jews or People that couldn't trace their lineage back to get back into the temple. You know, God takes the lineage from the man, from the man, from the man, from the man, so he can get into the temple. So the Bible says he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Samaria is, Samaria, Samaria is not some place that nobody knows about. It's a place that used to be a capital in, the, in, in the, uh, 12 tribes. It used to be a capital. It's a very well-known place. It's just forgotten. <laughs> Whatever. It's a place that, hey, when, when, they got in, when the northern tribes and the southern tribes uh, split up and, uh, you know, Rehoboam and Jeroboam and Jeroboam, uh, when God blesses you with something, don't help God. When God tells you to do something, don't help God. You understand? 
God gave him the kingdoms. And then he says, hey, we, listen, they're going to have to go back to worship. Uh, the God, go back and worship the God that gave him the, the tribes. So he comes up with an alternative method of worship. Don't come up with an alternative method of worship. I submit to you, if you can't worship, there's no work to get done. It's one of the most important things. It's one of the ground level things. You've got to learn to worship God. And in this chapter, it says in truth and in spirit. You've got to worship him. If you're not worshiping him, there's no initial connection. There's no initial fellowship for anything to get done. You've got to learn to worship God. The Bible says, and now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Imagine the fact that Jesus was wearied with his journey. Now, if Jesus got wearied with his journey, he said, I must needs go through Samaria. Why in the world do we Christians think we should not get wearied? It's going to happen to you. The Bible says, then come up a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, give me to drink. Notice Jesus was like, he didn't do none of that. He says, could you give me some water to drink? The Bible says, for his disciples were going away unto the city to buy meat. You know what he did. He said, go, go, get us, go, go get us some meat. Because you're not mature enough to handle the situation. You know, sometimes you're, you're asking questions. I wanna, you want to know the answer to your questions. Wives, you want to ask your husband, why you ain't telling me about No, sometimes you don't need to know. Sometimes you not knowing is protecting you. Sometimes when a pastor doesn't tell you something, he's protecting you. Sometimes at your job when they're going to lie and you're a Christian and they want to tell you, they're protecting you, whether you like it or not. I used to like it when they would come to work and say, well, I said, what's going on? We ain't going to tell you. I said, that's good because I know you're lying. <laughs> I know you didn't lie to somebody, so I don't want to be a part of it. I would never take, I never took a, they would always try to get me to be a manager. I was like, no, I'm not doing it because you're going to tell me to lie to somebody. I'm not going down on the floor and lying to nobody. I'm going to say, they told me to say this to you, but this is what's really happening. Do you think that stopped them from asking me? No. I said, I told you already. He said, oh, well, you're just saying that. You don't really mean it. I said, I make more money on the floor. I like driving a nice car. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't want to be in your positions of authority. Sometimes people are protecting you. Sometimes Jesus will protect you. The Bible says, then come with the woman. Listen, I, there's three types of Samaritans I always preach about in the Bible. There's the thirsty Samaritan. That's this woman. The Bible says you ought to hunger and thirst after righteousness, Christian. Are you hungering and thirsting after righteousness? Or are you, you know, man, my favorite meal and my favorite drink, I would love to have that right now. And you know, after you drink your favorite meal and after you drink your favorite drink and eat your favorite meal, you know you're going to be hungry again. Soon as a commercial on TV come on, you say, oh, man, I want that too. You fool, you stuff, you can't even move. You're laying down, you can't move nowhere. You, I, I want that too. The Bible in John chapter 4 has a thirsty Samaritan. In Luke chapter 17, there's a thankful Samaritan. Are you thankful? Now these are marginalized people, people that people didn't want to be around, but they still had, the Bible says, and all things give thanks. You know, when you don't be thankful, the Bible talks about in Romans chapter 1, people that are unthankful become perverted. 
That's what perversion starts when you start worrying about what everybody else got and you're trying to have everything everybody else got and you are not thankful for the things that God's given you, God's blessed you with, God's, God's just put in your life. You, you know the song, count your blessings, name them one by one. It's simple, childlike stuff. We just jump over that. I'm too big for that song. That's for the little kids. No, you need, you need to go back to where you came from. You know, people that forgot where they came from, they're the worst people in the world. You know, people that act like I was never, I never grew up in the hood. I never lived there. I don't know, like, I don't know what it's like to, the lights to be out. You know, that type of stuff. I know people like that. They'll say something to me. I says, now you know when we was little. Come on, man. Stop doing that. You know, I've been at your house when the lights was out, the water was out, the gas was out. And we was in there all together, shivering and all quivering and all together. Well, they'll be on, they'll be on Facebook acting like they never was there. And that's why I hate Facebook, because I can't say nothing, because you're like, you're the preacher, you can't say nothing. <laughs> but in the Bible, that no, that's not only there, a thirsty Samaritan and a thankful Samaritan, but that's a thoughtful Samaritan. C- compassionate. You need to be compassionate. You need to be, uh, 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 think of others more highly than yourself. You shouldn't ought to always think of yourself so highly. It's foolishness. Somebody, listen, somebody is always doing better than you. And there's always somebody more deserving. Always somebody more deserving. Think about the areas Jesus went through to help us. This is an area Jesus went through just to help us. It's a needs go. He sees the scenes of urgency. He knows it. it's needs go. It's urgent that he go. I go. The reason that I'm going to Lima and I want to go and reach black folk because it's urgent. It's urgent. There's churches. There's a guy who got a church down there and he has this. When you get saved, you got to come to the, 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 the morning chair. It's not in the Bible. Have you ever seen that in the Bible? It's not in there. And he's got five generations of his family. Thugs, pimps, gangsters, drug addicts, everything. On their way to hell because they believe the false gospel. You got churches that you got to get baptized to get in the church. If somebody say get saved in my church, I cannot under no circumstance baptize them the same day. Because these people had taught them that baptism means you saved. So you got to get it farther away from say, listen, you're following the Lord in believers baptism so they can understand it. You have to separate them because these people just made it the same thing. Oh, you just get baptized and you get saved. Oh, you join the church and you get saved. You got to be careful of all of this stuff. So there's, some, there's some biblical truths, uh, that, some spiritual applications in there, but they stretched them out of traditions. They've taken traditions. They didn't know why it was there. They didn't have enough Bible, so they take it and make traditions out of them. And this how it comes. You know, you take a tradition, you make it dogma, then you take the dogma, then make it into a doctrine. Now, a doctrine should at least have some Bible to go with it. But they don't have none. They got all types of stuff. I knock on doors all day. How you know you, how you, know you say? I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. It's just my job. How do you know you say? I, I got a guy that's a preacher. Couldn't give me a clear presentation of the gospel. And they passed down that church to him by nepotism. Because he was the best option. Foolishness. 
needs go. Jesus cares for a son, a daughter, a cripple, a harlot. Jesus cares. We ought to care. Needs go. He said, I must needs go. Jesus left us here to be witnesses. That's what he left us here to be. Not for you to, you to have the best house, the best car, the best everything, the nicest, the best, the nice and the best. That's not a word, but it's, it's Ebonics. Don't worry. <laughs> he didn't leave us here for that. He, lead us, he left us here to give of ourselves for his good pleasure. Not for ours. You know, you, you be honest with yourself. There's people when you, five, ten years ago, if you've been here that long, you looked at like, they'll never make it. Mm-mm. Ain't no way. And if somebody says, oh, they're going to be here forever, they got it, they got it. They left three weeks after you said they got it, and the person you said never make it is the person that's your best friend now. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad when they come to church. You know why? Because you thought that they was never going to make it. There's a needs go, you needs go. The Bible says, peace be unto you as my father hath sent me, so send I you. The pastor said it about praying for the missionary. But you, first, you must first pray, God, if you wanted me to go, I'll go. Like he said, that's something that I learned about going two by two. I, all I knew is God told me to go and I was going to go and I was going to do whatever I had to do to get there. But then once I got there and I started talking to these church planners and I says, wait, wait, hope, they said, how many people with you? Twenty five. <laughs> they did what? Oh, oh, they discipled and they know how to disciple people. And I said, man, I, you have to change your perspective. See, there's, there's ways to be successful. Now, God has to be, and it, God has to do it. And sometimes God just did like with me. He says, I'm going to show you everything you need to do because you're going to think you've done it on your, your own, on your own merit. And God says, no, I'm just going to break you down. And sometimes he has to break you down. You know, when, before they could build the wall back up, they had to tear down the wall and, and get all the rubbish out. I remember halfway through being a, building the wall in miracle time, they, wait, we ain't going to be able to do it. We got all this rubbish. No, God's doing it. It's still a lot of rubbish, and he's still going to be fixing it. He's still the potter, and you're still the clay. It, you're never going to be perfect. You're, he's never going to be finished working on you until you get in front of him, and you, say, uh, and you start saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That's, that's the only time you're going to be perfect when you get that new glorified body on. Other than that, you're never going to be perfect. He's always going to be working on you. You know, the Bible says the Samaritans had, she said, the Samaritans have no dealings with us. I mean, the Jews have no dealings with us Samaritans. That's America. That's America. I submit to you, I said, people tell you how to, uh, how to minister to some people that they wouldn't go around, that they'll take an extra 30 minutes around to get around them. They wouldn't live there. They wouldn't help them. They wouldn't be bothered with them. And like I said, on oh my presentation video. I tried. I couldn't figure out how to get that. Remember when the lady, when they had the uh, riots in Baltimore and, and the black lady was beating her son all the way down the street? I love that. I said, now that's, I said, that's black America right there. Because <laughs> black families are super matriarchal. It's, it's just the truth. Mama's running the house. And those boys love their moms and they're going to protect their moms. I, I, I'm, I'm part of it. It's just, I was like, now that's black America right there. But there's a problem. That's not how God set it up. 
Men make men. It's just the truth. Men make men. They're just talking to the, to the, to the uh, lady outside, and she was talking about Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey had been telling people how to have a relationship for 20, 30 years, and she ain't even married. Now, how somebody that ain't married going to tell you how to be married? She's been paying statmen to stay in the backyard millions of dollars for years. And I know I'm not mad at Stedman that he's got a good setup. <laughs> yeah, I take your millions of dollars just to stay in the pool house that's bigger than every last one of our houses. But that does not help us as a family. We go everywhere except for this book. God made them male and female. He, he made them. And you know what? It would, if God made you, he would probably know, you know, the instructions on how you should work. You know what I'm saying? Like if you go to the store, you buy something, there's some instructions from the people that made the thing. And you know how we are. With, I, I do it all the time. I get the instructions out. I just look on the floor. It's like, oh, I, I, I got this. I get myself in trouble every single time. And my wife's sitting there like, the instructions over there. I says, why is you right here? I always say, why are you right here bothering me while I'm trying to do what I'm doing? <laughs> you know what I'm mad about? She's just telling me common sense. If you use the instructions, it will be done. You know, if you're going to have a good working relationship, you got to go to the instructions. And you can't go to the instructions. God, this woman that you gave me, it ain't, that don't work. <laughs> it didn't work in the beginning and it's not working now. But the Bible says it's a must-needs-go ministry. The Bible says Jesus, the Jews, had no dealings with them. But Jews first, the, Jew, the, the gospel went to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It went to the Jew first, also to the Greek. It's the power of salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Guess what? You're a Gentile. This foolishness, I heard somebody says, uh, you, they said in America, uh, 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 ham can't do nothing without Japheth. And I tell them, hey, if I'm ham and you Japheth, uh, put your money where your mouth is. Come help me. Or as Brother, as brother Reno said, come partner with me. Come show me your methods in the flesh. I, 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 I ain't worried about you talking. I don't want to hear you talk. Let's go do it. I ain't got no problem. If you want to come help me knock doors, you want to come help me do anything, please come. Please come. I'm not going to be like, I can't believe you want to come down here and knock on doors with me. I'm appalled. No, I'm not. Come on, let's go. Come on, you'll find you're going to have some understanding about what, how bad it is. And then you'll learn how to pray for me. Because the main thing is your prayers. The main thing is your prayers. If you can't do it, and you might pray about it, and God will send somebody because you prayed about it to help me do it, to help me get it done. And guess what? I'm not, it's not about me getting no glory. It's about God getting glory. Samaria was a royal residence in a capital city. It was a capital city. They made a move to reverence God, but only an opportunity for more idolatry. When they set up alternate worship, they said, we're going to reverence God, but we're going to do it our way. This is my verse that I always say, and I, I always say and it, it, when, I was in, when I was in prison, this verse just, it just cracked my heart. In Romans chapter 10, in verse 1, and it's Paul talking about Israel. He says, brethren my, heart's desire, my, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. You know what I want for my people? I want the same thing you want for your people, for them just to get saved. 
now, I, I take that back. I don't really want them just to get saved. I want them to get saved. I want them to grow in grace and knowledge and wisdom of the Lord Jesus Christ and be fruitful. I want them to get disciples, and I want them to become disciplers. I want them to become multipliers, soul winners and disciplers. I'm only here because somebody discipled me. One guy told me, you need to get baptized. It was this discipleship. In discipleship, they teach you the ordinance of the church. You need to be discipled. You need somebody to spend time with you one-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one. Jesus is at the well with the Samaritan woman, one-on-one. Sent his disciples away. Because he knew there was a marginalized people, and he was going to have to reach her personally. It's a personal touch. You have to have a personal touch. It's none of this goofiness. You know, you don't get your little wine, you take your wine out like, now you're better. It don't work like that. People have been trying to get God to do that for years. That's what you got Klepto Dollar and TD Fakes doing. <laughs> trying to wave a magic wand on these people, and it's not working. Because when they walk out, they say, what happened? Where, where's the magic at? They go right back to their miserable existence. Because the only person getting that misery off you is Jesus Christ. The only thing keeping that misery off you is the book. The Bible says, for I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. I tell you what, if you go knock on a black person's door, they have a zeal. They have a desire to want to be in a relationship with God. They have a respect for God. You know it and I know it. Yep, you know what's one of the the worst things I I was mad about? Because one of my buddies says, watch when you go try to get those white dudes a track and watch what happens when you get a black dude. I says, man, shut up, man, I ain't trying to hear that. And then I tried to give the deuce, knocked it out of my hand. <laughs> he says, the guy, the disciple, he says, what was that, Anthony? I says, well that, well, that was just one person, right? And then my baby was out there with me, and she says, she says, all the black people taking the tracks, but the white people won't take them. And I says, he looks at me, I says, Because, <laughs> you know, I just want to prove him wrong. And you know, sometimes, don't try to prove people wrong that's already done it before. They'll help you. Black folks have a zeal for God and a desire to learn God, but it's not according to knowledge. Nobody sat down with them and taught them, gave them a clear presentation of the truth and taught them the truth and taught them how they should live. Taught them simple Bible principles. Black folks are 10 generations from the truth. Easy, easy 10 generations from the truth. I'm not going to go and fix what I had to learn. I'm not going to go and fix 10 generations of garbage off of five sermons. It's not going to work. You know, think about how many sermons you've heard in your life. And think about how many besetting sins that you have that you still struggle with, that you wake up and you look at them and you're like, ah, I can't believe I did that. Now, if you be honest, you know you do that. So I ain't going to act like you don't. But you know what you struggle with and you know what makes you mad. You know what you, uh, that you do that upsets you. And you've heard sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon, and you, you prayed and you sought God and you fasted, and you're still struggling with it. So somebody that ain't been taught the truth, that don't even know the truth, you're not about to fix them at five sermons. You know what's got to happen? They got to get used to coming to church once a week. Some of them come once a month. I got a guy that was coming once a month or once every two months, and then he just said, hey, you know what? I think I need to come to church more. And I'm like, Yeah. 
And then he started coming twice a week, and I'm like, uh, every, at least once a week. And then he started coming once a week, but it just didn't happen. It took four years for him to start coming once a week. It's just the process of this thing. They got, the Samaritans had a, they had a move to reverence God, but only an opportunity to more adultery, idolatry. And idolatry is spiritual adultery anyway, so it's the same thing. <laughs> Take your Bibles and turn back to John, John chapter 4. Give you a few points and we can go, we, we can go home. Or y'all can go home, I've got to go to the airport. And in verse 29, the Bible says, after she had gone on and dealt with Jesus Christ, and he, she told, Jesus Christ told her all about herself, and she wasn't offended. You notice he says, you, you, you've been with all these men, and the one you're with right now ain't your husband. And all of the, he said all these things. She didn't get offended. If you're going to get the gospel, the gospel is offensive, first of all. When somebody tells you that you're a sinner, you know why some folk don't read the Bible? Because the Bible reads them and tells them about themselves, and they don't want to hear that. Because you know what's been going on? We got people going to work. The people that will work have been going through 40 hours of sensitivity training for the last 10 years. You must be kind and sensitive to everybody and their plights. No, you come here, you do your job. I ain't about to carry you up, and I'm not to pick you up while I'm at work. Do your own work. But you got, they talking about sensitivity training. You need to care about people. No, I don't need to care about that. You come do your work like I'm doing my work, and I'm going to go home, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't like, I don't believe it. I'm going to help you go home so you can go party and drink and, and, and do ex- live in excess while I'm baking, breaking my back so you can live in excess. No, you're going to do your job. But the truth of the matter is, people have been going through all this stupid sensitivity training and humanistic garbage instead of their Bible. But she didn't get offended when he said, listen, look, he basically called her a harlot without calling her one. And she said, yeah, that's me. She she didn't say, no, I I can't believe you said that. She said, yeah, that's me. And then when she come, you know, he says, she she goes to the city and says, come see a man. That's what you ought to be telling people. When, when, those songs, listen, I'm sorry. Black people get excited a little bit. But when I start singing about Jesus Christ, I get excited. When the, when the, when the hymn uh, matches what God's done for me in my life, I get excited. You, ain't nothing wrong with you getting excited about. That's your worship of the Lord. It's your personal worship of the Lord. I just get excited. Man, uh, you, you don't know what God brought me from. You don't know where he rescued me from. You don't know how many times. Uh, I went to jail for a guy that tried to kill me nine times. I mean, shoot me. That's who I went to jail for. And every time I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew that God protected me. We, I could take you come to Lima, I could take you to every spot. Every, and often I drive by the spot and sit there for a while so I can get a reminder. Remember, you could have died here. Remember, you could have died here. I remember every time God rescued me. He rescued me. He rescued me. And he rescued me to put me in a jail cell. That's not normal. You, it, you, something's got to happen for you to be able to admit that. There must be a practical approach. She says, come see a man which told me all the things I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Yeah. 
it must be practical. It must be able to be applied in your life. It must be able to be taught in your life. If you're going to do some missions, it's practical. It's practical. Once you learn how to tithe, and then once you take your money and says, I, I'm going to give a little extra, or whatever your thought process on it, I'm going to give a little extra, I'm going to do this, and I'm trust God. You can't go wrong trusting God. You're never going to go wrong trusting God. It ain't your money anyway. You know who gave you use of all your bones, joints, and ligaments, and all your senses, and helped you get through the day? Jesus Christ. I can't tell you how many times, countless times, when I was in prison, and, uh, and I was working, and I got, and we was working in the, I, was, I said prison, when I was in the glass factory, and I got big pieces of glass, I just got the big piece of glass around, 100 pounds, it's, it's half an inch, two inch, I mean half an inch, three quarters, a quarter inch, and smack the glass, smack it on something because I'm not paying attention, smack, pow, and I got Kevlar, it comes, hits down the back of my, down my, around, goes straight down my back, and, and if I didn't have a Kevlar, Kevlar it would have gutted me. Time after time. And it would be, man, I better put my Kevlar, I'll be in there playing around, I better put my Kevlar on, put my Kevlar on, pow, smack, God. You know how many times God didn't spare you? You know, sometimes you lay on your bed and try to go to sleep and God says, remember this? You know why you don't need your TV on when you go to sleep and your radio on when you go to sleep? So the Holy Spirit can remind you of what we've been doing today. You know why most folks are sleep, going to sleep with their TV on and their radio on? Because they're drowning out the spirit of God in their conscience. And so now you, you got everybody talking about mental health. You know, the problem with their health is they ain't got no Bible in them. It's not meant, it's just spiritual. If you were spiritually cleaner and spiritually more uh, faithful and, and, and conscious of God, you wouldn't be going nuts in your mind. Now, you ain't supposed to be talking about no mental health at 20 years old. Are you nuts? You ain't even experienced nothing in life. You got you to worry about the mental health of our children. You know, shut up. You ain't kicked the Bible out of school. They ain't prayed about nothing. They don't know nothing. They ain't seen God in their life. They ain't seen God move. They couldn't recognize God if he came and sat next to them and said, hey, how you doing? They said, who is you? Some of these churches, if God came to the door, they're like, we don't like your kind in our church. That's what they would say to God. Because they got a spirit, but it ain't a holy spirit. It's an unholy spirit. It's, a, it's something of the, from, from, from hell, from Satan. That's what they got. There must be a practical approach, but it must be personal. In verse 23, the Bible says, but the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. If people in black America get the truth, somebody's got to personally spend time with them and disciple them and teach them the truth. Got to teach them something that they can apply to their life. It must be a personal. It has to be a personal touch. Also, if there's going to be some personal touch, there's also has to be some, some patience. Go to verse 40. The Bible says, so when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he'd abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word, and said unto the woman, now we believe, not because of thy saying, 
For we have heard our, we have heard him ourselves and know that it is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. You know, normally Jesus Christ said, hey, I'm, I'll, I'll be back. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll be back. He said, I'll be back. He told the, the uh, uh, maniac of Gadara, you know what he told him? He said, stay for a little while. That's what he told the maniac of Gadara, stay. And when Jesus came back, it was all ready. This time he abode a couple of days and spent some time with him. It's going to be some patience. Every, you can't just lead everybody to the Lord and everybody's going to pick it up and start reading their Bible. You're going to have to spend some time with some folk. Some folks' case is a little worse than other folks' case. And some folks', some folks case require prayer and fasting. You understand? You, you ran into them before. I know you said, we don't have that kind. Everybody I lead to the Lord, they get right in and they start serving God and they don't have problems. No, that's not true. That's what we want it to be. I want it to be too. I, I know, that's, that's how you know I know because I want it to be like that too. I thought for sure everybody I led to the Lord, there'd be a church, they'd be coming to church. I don't need support. What is that? That's for the foreigner. That's for the foreign mission. I'm going to just do it like I always do. I'm going to lead so many people to the Lord. I just knock doors. I just knock doors till I'm crazy. And we have about 100 people here 100 in a year, and we'll be good. Uh, God sent up there like, yeah, yeah, believe all whatever you want to. Get down there first. Let me pull this rug for, out from under you and show you how I'm going to do it. <laughs> there needs some patience. It needs to be some patience. It's got to be some training. It's got to be some persistence. It has to be some persistence in this. You have to be persistent. Jesus, in, uh, in the end of the chapter, at the end of the chapter, when he says, uh, uh, he, the Bible says, now after two days he departed thence and went into Galilee, for Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. Then, when he was coming to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went unto the feast. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he, did, he made water wine, and there was certain noblemen whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went out unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down, ere my child die. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus spoke, had spoken unto him, and he went his way. It's going to be some persistence. You're going to have to be persistent. You're going to have to keep, when, God, when somebody try to run you off, you're going to have to say, okay, all right, listen, it's, it's a guy that, <laughs> I remember we first, was, we first got the lineman, I gave him a flyer, and he, had, he, came to the, he came to the door with a gun, a gun. I says, oh, man, that's interesting. What you going to do with that? He's like, huh? I said, man, I'm coming here trying to tell you how not to go to hell. Your gun ain't going to save you from hell. Huh? I said, yeah. I said, anyway, I could take that from you. Take this trash. And I left. And then I go next door to do, I guess they talked. So we was having a barbecue. Or we was barbecuing at the church. He drives all the way out to the church and tears the track up. Said, don't put this at my door again, right? So when we knock at doors, and if I'm knocking doors in the neighborhood, I don't let nobody go to the door. I go back to the door, and I knock on the door. Hey, my man, I'm trying to show you how not to go to hell. And he looks at me. He, the last time he'd see me, it was about the third time I went, he wanted to be mad. I says, I don't let it, it's not working. It's not working. Getting mad is not working. 
Sometimes you, people are acting mad because they're miserable. Because they're mad at the decisions they've made in their lives. Sometimes people, it's people that I grew up, when they see this track, they, I mean, they, because they, how can you have a family? How can you look so nice? That was the camera, the camera lady. She made me look like that. <laughs> but, some, but the truth of the matter is, is when you get Jesus Christ in your life, when you got Jesus Christ in your life, people can see the, the high pro glow on you. They can see the shine on you. They can see the difference in your life. But there's different type of Samaritans. I liken black folks to Samaritans because they're a marginalized people, people that, hey, just leave, they just messed up and all of that. Listen, ain't no police and all of that gonna help black America. It's Jesus Christ. Somebody's gotta take the gospel in there. Somebody has to be persistent. And by the way, if you're watching any of those riots and you say, why are these people tearing up their own neighborhoods? <sighs> Stop watching the news. Stop watching the news. Because when they have riots, the people from that neighborhood is not tearing up that neighborhood. It's somebody from a different neighborhood coming to tear up somebody else's neighborhood and somebody's influencing them behind them, saying, go, do this, do this, do this, do this. Because you, you ain't no way in the world I'm going to tear my neighborhood and my little store that I go to every day up so you can feel good about something. I'm like, hey, man, you better not, don't come on my street with that. So don't believe that. But the truth of the matter is we're going to help folk in black America, any mission field, any marginalized people, it's going to be the gospel. We got to take the truth to them. And the truth of the matter is, black America has been this way a long time. And we're not fixing it. There's no magic wand that we're going to wipe across black America and, and get it to work. It's the gospel. All right, preacher, you come.